I just poured something in my cup I've been wanting something I can feel Promise I am never letting up all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 87737Grind is your number. And we're going to continue um, this conversation and we're going to welcome the score in uh, Lubbock here, tuning in here to the second hour. If you, you missed us, in the first hour we pretty much been talking about the reaction of the national championship game for the ladies yesterday afternoon with LSU getting their first college basketball men or women's national title in university history. Uh, and then of course we spent majority of the other time talking about the controversy between Miss Reese and Clark, which I just said unfortunately, you know, it, it does does take away from uh, the positivity of the viewership record numbers for the women, uh, college basketball wise, uh, because again, this is the day and time we live in. Um, and when you have a perfect storm for, you know, people feeling a certain way and, you know, being able to attack or come out and state your opinion on social media, it's going to go viral and it's going to, you know, cause a conversation for topic I should say for conversation that a lot of people are kind of beat down and tired of which I get it but at the same time those same type of people got to understand that you know when you talk about those particular type of situations whether it's double standard stereotyping whatever you want to say fair treatment of the other those are things that have been going on in this society in this country forever and i just think for the first time in the last three years it's been in everybody's face and i can understand being fatigued about it but it's one of those that i feel that the discussion's got to continue to go on uh, basically to uh improve those situations and basically understand where the other is coming from so um, but you know congratulations to Iowa to a heck of a season congratulations to LSU as well we've got some people checking in with us on Facebook live uh, let's see who was that let's go to uh, Terry saying Caitlin and Angel is the beginning of a media hyped rivalry women's basketball is popping but it needs something more and controversy is the perfect catalyst for a rivalry they both got a couple of years of eligibility left and this could bleed into the WNBA it ain't about sponsorships because there's always some trash talking in the hoops game um yeah I mean I agree with Terry uh on that I mean but I you know I feel like the sponsorship deal um you know, when, I don't know if he's talking about what I brought up about the NIL uh, money or not that Ms. Clark is getting, but I just feel like in this situation that it's trash talking that goes on in men's basketball on every level of all time. And I think now with the age we're in, social media, and you have young ladies, this generation that's coming up um, that are influenced that it's in the women's game, like, we going to talk trash too. I mean, they've grown up seeing the men do it. I mean, what's the difference? It's the heat of competition, you know, and, and I just think that for a section of people, it kind of took them back that they felt that it was out of line and overboard of what Miss Reese was doing to Miss Clark, considering the game was almost over. But like I told those people, like somebody on Twitter tried to say, well, it's sportsmanship. You know, it's, you know, at that time, yes, there's trash talking on during all the game. But at that time, you know, the game was over. 
And I replied to him, no. I said, just like that conversation goes, if it's a foul in the first quarter, the first minute of the game, it's a foul with five seconds left. So if it's unsportsmanlike and you consider it's unsportsmanlike conduct, then it's unsportsmanlike when Ms. Clark is doing it all up and down the court in previous matchups and before. It's not the timing of it. That, like To me, those are the ones that I've just got to dismiss and be like, you know what, that's a go-go gadget reach. You know, Stop it. It's, it's either tomato-tomato. It, it's, either, it's either unsportsmanlike or it's trash-talking. It's not. It doesn't matter what time or section of the game that it comes in. What do you got? Well, I think for some people it's also that it, that it was after the buzzer, right? And, and so as... Caitlin Clark says she was going back to the handshake line. The game is done, uh, and and you should be celebrating with your team is the narrative that some are taking. Um, I know one of the other players, uh, you know, kind of name dropped Caitlin Clark in the post game as well, and, and her speech on the the platform as well. And um, one uh, Alexis Morris did, and uh, I saw a, a Greg Newsom, a cornerback for the Browns. He's like he, he said. Why? When? When? I've never seen anybody win a championship, and the first thing on your mind is to call out and uh, somebody because somebody from another other team is still in your head. Never seen that before. So that's just a, a little bit of other perspectives I've seen of the controversy. And I think that, in my opinion, I think that's a lazy perspective, and it's a reach. If you can, if 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 the people that had a problem. Whether it was, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain two of those things. The one about the post game, and the one just you say that was after the buzzer. I mean, they were the clocks were running down. She was subbed out, and she started pointing her fingers. So whether it was continuing after the buzzer or not, my point is is that there was nothing talked about for Caitlin. Nothing talked about about unsportsmanlike what took place in Friday's game against South Carolina and what took place the game before that when she was telling an opponent that why are you complaining? You're already down 17. It ain't nothing to that anyway. Yeah, she even started the you can't see me against Louisville going into the elite. Right, right. So to me – and the question to him talking about, I've never seen anybody in a post game. It's still in their head. No, it's about you got a point that you want to make. You won. You got ball game. And you, if you get interviewed, you got a point that you want to make. Because, again, that you've had. this is an LSU team that has stayed quiet for the most part. Now, they play the game with a lot of swag and, and passion on the court. But they've, say, they've say, stayed quiet for the most part. And even before this game was tipped off, one of the young ladies at LSU said, hey, well, we know that we want to make them punish. We want to punish them for playing that disrespectful defense they did against South Carolina. They called, they went damn near Muhammad Ali and called a shot. So, But nobody said anything about that until you actually see it playing out. And then basically maybe the person that you tuned in to sit in to, to root for, which is basically the best girl in the country. I mean, regardless of anyone in the national title, she's still the best basketball player in the country. She's still dropped 30. And, and so yeah. she's still good. But at the end of the day, she got her ass kicked. And there, and, and there was a team that looked like LSU that didn't look like Iowa that basically told them why they were doing it. And not all. There's a section of America. And it's not even about white America. It's a section of about America that basically had a problem with that. But where was the outrage, the 24 hours? That's what a certain section of people are saying about the double standard. And you can't twist that anyway. You can't spin that anyway. That is reality. And it's the perfect example given. But I look at it as, as a microcosm of life. Because I live it every day. Like I told you, just tune in. I said in the last hour, there's things that I have said on this mic that my counterparts in my own market can say and they can duck certain kind of shows. If I do that, I'm getting emails and there's people saying it's offensive. I know y'all don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. I know y'all tired of hearing it, but it's the truth. 
Okay. The only difference of it is you have people that look like me and look like Miss Reese that are finally speaking up and have a platform and calling you out on it. That's the problem. Like I said, it's sad because it takes away from the positivity of a good game, at least a good competitive game for the most part there for a while, just a really a good tournament in general. And due to the fact that they did record numbers. Okay. They did record numbers. The NBA, the men would love to have some of those numbers on a regular season game. But they don't. So, again, this takes away from it. But it was the reaction of social media and the non-reaction where this girl did the same thing that Miss Clark was doing for this whole tournament. And there was nothing. Nobody even questioned. Like, yeah, she's a hell of a player. But is she a little too cocky? Does she got an attitude? Is she not a sportsman? Like, nobody had those conversations until they asked got kicked last night. And then Reese was sitting there saying, well, I've got something to say about it because she disrespected my SEC peer. Like Jimmy Johnson said, the great Jimmy Johnson of the Dallas Cowboys, if you're going to walk, to, if you're going to talk to talk, you got to walk the walk. And and that's the reason why I think Miss Clark took the high road, because she knows she's an athlete. She's a competitor at the highest level. She knows, like, hey, man, it is what it is. Maybe I can see him next year. And she dished it out and she could handle it when it was dished back to her. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't think this is the, the people that have a problem with this. I don't think this is necessarily directed at Miss Clark. This is directed against some of the media members and some of the people of social media that sit there and want to play the double standard game. That's the that's the deal. Miss Reese is talking to those people, not necessarily Miss Clark. I mean, they gave her more praise than anything. She's a hell of a player. I mean, uh, 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 Miss Mulkey sit there through the shaking line, pull it aside, say, hey, do you know what you did for that program and what you're doing for women's basketball? She's a generational talent. 877-37-GRIND. Carl's checking in. It says the wussification of America wanted her to apologize other than trash talking all tourney. Pretty much sticking stick with the continue of the, uh, the, the, uh, the theme. That's just what it is. But it's going to set up for record numbers the next time they – you know, paths each other's path. That's what I think, and that's what I pretty much know. What do you got? Uh, as as we kind of this kind of winds down, mm -hmm. uh, you had 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 the question uh, last segment about where the "you can't see me" came from. Yes, uh, Real Zoo five two four on Twitter. Uh, let it be known uh, that uh, Cena even took it from Tony Yayo uh, in in two thousand five. Well. So that's where Cena got it from. Well, hold on, because I'm here. We got conflicts because I know Kansas City Rob, which basically pays it. He's very educated in both worlds, in the hip hop world and in the WrestleMania so proper world. And uh, Kansas City Rob was saying that. Let me make sure I quoted him right here on this because he had pretty much told me where he had. Uh, and let me just make sure I read this right to him. Can't get to his message. But anyway, he was saying that he feels that Tony Yayo had claimed that that's where he got it from was Cena, that he had talked about it in some interview uh, before. So we've got conflict. I mean, first of all, like I said, what I told you about the videos facts and I've seen uh, interview for Tony Yayo and reason why he did that. So now, seductive, uh, yeah. Right. So to me, um, but now that was in the club that he did that in. That was the club video he did it in. So um, to me. I can believe that it was Cena that did it, but Tony, that was just say where I see it. But so we got conflicted reports, regardless. Okay, it's not originally done by her. Let's see. Let's just say this: Miss Reese or Miss Clark definitely. did not originally come up with the "you can't see me" Hanchester. Okay, so 
And like I said, it wasn't even just the threes, man. They were they were high stepping from the twenty yard line for threes. They were bombing on the ass the whole game anyway. So to me, I think it was just a build up, a build up of people that wanted to comment, and that was the icing on the cake when the whistle was blown, the game was over, whatever the case may be. That she's pointing to her finger like title, whatever. There was a there was a clip. You know, the internet finds everything. There's a clip of Joe Barrow. Walking out off of an undefeated season of kicking everybody's ass and win the national title a few years ago in an LS uniform that's pointing down here to his fingers, walking out to talk to the coordinator, the coach. People don't even know that. No one ever said anything about that. Now, that's the angle you can sit there and say that's the double standard of men and women athlete, how they get treated. There's different levels that you can go with this because I do think it's a double standard on both ways. I think it's a double standard racially, and I do think it's a double standard gender wise as well, too. Because at the end of the day, men do this all the time and nobody's caring. It doesn't matter whether it's an all-black team versus a white team. It doesn't matter if it's all Hispanic. Men talk trash in sports in general and not women, media members, men members. Nobody says nothing about it. I mean, you get more reaction in men's sports for somebody sitting there saying a prayer before a game or praying every after every time they score more than you will. Oh, man, this guy, they're about 30 and they talk trash. How unsportsmanlike is that? My God, Susie, what are they doing? You don't hear none of that on the other end. It's a, it's the women. It's just like this is the new form of athlete of women that is in your face. It's like we want it, and we want them to compete, and we want to support the women's game. But, oh, when you come up, oh, wait a minute. Why are y'all doing that? Y'all aren't supposed to act like that. That's not ladylike. That's the other factor of this. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so the men tonight, which you possibly will see some trash talking tonight. Okay, UConn takes on San Diego State. San Diego State gives FAU buzzer booty at the buzzer. Look, I know not too long ago, Villanova won a championship. Last second shot. I've seen that. We've seen some last second shots. It's, this one, though, seems something to me like it really wasn't expected. The way the game was going and the way, like, I didn't really expect. The way, especially... With deciding to elect not to call a timeout, speaking of San Diego State, not one time did I really feel like, hey, man, he's about to hit this last second shot. Because I'm thinking like, all right, they got him trapped. He has to go this way. And no, he just didn't hit it. It was net. It didn't even touch the rim. And it's ball game. Um, I think FAU, this was their game to win. I think that pretty much the the key to why we even led up to that point where San Diego was able to overcome that lead, I feel that FAU did a horrible job in the second half on the boards. Their big man got out-rebounded. Uh, they were more physical in the second half than FAU. Um, and just a little bit mixture of turnovers. And I talked about it on Friday, the droughts. I mean, San Diego State got themselves in, a, in a trouble in the first half by going through that scoreless drought. That's something they're going to have to watch out for tonight against UConn. And I think FAU really basically let one go because in the second half, you know, you just couldn't get, you couldn't get second-hand check-and-chance points. You were giving up too many second-chance points. You couldn't get rebounds. And I'll just keep saying this, man. At the And FAU is a well-coached team. If that coach stays there, they will be back. They will be a team that probably, and a program that will probably be hovering at least Sweet 16 and Elite 8 for the next few years as long as they can keep that coach there. Because this did nothing for them except help in recruiting. But with that said, I will say this. When I watch the NBA and I watch the college, it is obviously that maybe we know in the NBA – but in college as well, it is obviously there is a lack of practice time and a lack of fundamentals because their art of rebounding is not being taught. I don't see it. And I'm old enough to see different areas of basketball. And I will tell you the art of rebounding on both levels 
is garbage. It, it's like tip the ball out and get it back to the three-point line. It is so disgusting because nobody goes up with two hands to grab a ball anymore. And these are big men that are really their job to do that. So I think this is where FAU really lost this game. And the second half, they got killed on the boards and gave San Diego State too many second-chance points. What do you got? Can we appreciate the fact that Lamont Butler, as time was waning down, instead of this modern era where you just cross the, the cross half court and chuck it up from three-point range, he drove to the basket. He got yeah. closer to the hoop for a higher efficiency shot to net it in there. Because um, you would, norm, again, normally you see anymore, it's just get across, put up a prayer. Hmm. And I, I, I was happy to see the mid-range get the, get the dub. Well, the mid-range is definitely a challenging shot for both guys on both levels because, again, that's just something that – and I hate to pile on, but it is the AAU area, era that has come to roost in the NBA. This is the general – in college and NBA right now, especially if you're in your first two to three years, maybe really, honestly, if you're in your first six to seven years of NBA and your current college, you've come up through the AAU era, and it's a different style of basketball. So, yes, I see what you're saying uh, because it's hard hard to see guys that's getting paid eight figures a year hit mid-range shots a stop on a drum mid-range shot even on the nba level so yes i do agree with you it's a brush uh, fresh a breath air Listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's get a dose we are broadcasting here from the hazel sky online studios we'll be back Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the sports grind. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I was right. Like I said, I don't want to pay attention, but y'all trying to give Tony Ayo that Elvis Presley treatment. No, nah, man, it was Cena that came up with that. No, nah, man, he was on parole. Wanted to cover his face, man. Always trying to steal it was our credit, man. Yeah, yo, shout out to Tony Yayo. Good God, he was 50's best friend. Anyway, all right, listen to the sports grind. 
Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pendleton Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. And Pendleton Whiskey is the official whiskey of the spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and the official whiskey of the professional riding velocity tour which is the pbr tour and it's official whiskey of the sports grind and official sponsor of the sports grind 877 37 grind tony ayo not the cena it's the tony ayo man still giving us the elvis treatment man no man just tell me you got it from now put you on the cover of the album it's that monday for me y'all i'm telling you Anyway, okay, we got Casey Rob on hold. We've gotten a lot of Twitter reaction and Facebook live action that wants to talk about this major acquisition, this merger, okay? And let me tell you, there's been mergers that once they merge, it really goes to crap, okay? I ain't like this T-Mobile and Sprint merger since it started. It's been crap since they merged. It really has. But I guess this is an exciting time for... I would say the WrestleMania crew people. Okay, so this merger, we're coming fresh off of WrestleMania. All right. WrestleMania 39. Yeah, and I can't believe this is making news before football updates, basketball. I haven't even given my breakdown for the national championship game tonight, but we've got people that want to react to this WrestleMania and UFC merger. Okay, y'all really let me know. Uh, what demographic and mindset of support that I've got listening to me. But I'm going to touch on this because this is supposed to be like 23, what is it, $22 billion merger potentially? 21.4. 21.4, okay. Billion dollars. Now, we I don't even cover this and pay attention to this, but I even know that Vince McMahon's been in, quote, unquote, maybe some financial trouble over the years. Okay, you know the – XFL didn't go off right. He failed at that twice. Got a raw deal maybe on the second go around. Then he's had legal trouble, so we know he's been settling here and there. He's been a lightning rod. Now, from what I've heard about this is that he's still going to be on board in some capacity when we talk about the WWE, uh, whether that's creative control, whether it's just still whatever. But I don't think from what I've heard, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not giving up total control. And to me, what I want to be educated on, what is the purpose of the merger in regards to, because we've got a good point in regards to somebody had talked about the difference between the company um, and then pretty much what Vince uh, pretty much owes. we got uh, Terry checking. He says, WrestleMania is an event. WWE is the company. And I don't know if Vince selling the company makes sense at all. There are better wrestling out there anyway. Well, first of all, let's take this to the angle of make sense to me. Make, let it make sense to me or make it make sense to me, I should say. In regards to where, what is UFC for maybe what you know about this, Jonas? And let's say we'll get to Kansas City Rob's phone call here in a minute. But unless, well, what is the what angle is UFC looking at this potential merger or, or acquisition of part of or all the WWE? What what angle are they looking at? Uh, I really think it comes down to UFC and therefore you know Dana White and company um, wants to kind of be the linear. You know, the vertical for combat sports. Um, 
Dana White uh, recently over the last year has brought slap. Um, I know the slap contest over. I've and, seen you know, that. You've seen that around the world over the last couple of years. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to see if anything happens with bare knuckle fighting um, here and maybe the, the the near future. Um, but this really now it's another vertical. UFC fans, wrestling fans, WWE. There's a lot of you know you've seen um, Ronda Rousey go from the the octagon over to the wrestling ring. Brock Lesnar, another one. And so this really I think it creates a space. And you have to look at the industry as a whole, right? What's going on with Disney Holdings right now? And they're going they're going with a new CEO change over there. It could change some of their properties. What happens with UFC and ESPN's partnership there? Who knows? Okay? Uh, so if now you have wrestling and you can give combat fans one vertical, one channel, one streaming service to go to for all your combat needs in terms of wrestling and ufc uh, this now gives them that space for a partnership uh through the associated press uh the yet to be named publicly traded company um between ufc and the wwe uh and with endeavor group holdings which holds the ufc uh so endeavor is going to hold a 51 percent controlling interest in the new company while the existing wwe shareholders will hold a 49 percent stake so UFC Dana White and company is going to have that, you know, primary. They have the majority. Well, you know, I mean, remember when Dana White sold his chunk to UFC, he was able to negotiate to remain and stay on as president. As as president. So this is what stems from in doing this. Look, the, the, as a pass pass a buyer of UFC fan, speaking of myself, as I don't have time for WWE fan perspective speaking of myself this is the way i look at it i I feel that ufc it's like it's in my opinion as we see more detail i'm pretty sure when you make an acquisition of this if you're talking about these many dollars everything is thought through process of what the direction what the vision that you see or where you're taking something but i will just say in my opinion it's going to be very important and remember dana white does not have a good reputation in regards to how he treats his fighters that is yet to be changed. That, that's been like that before he sold part of the company or sold a company, and it's still that to this day. And I, like I said, I am no guy that follows UFC in and out, but even I know that. So I think it's very important for Dana White to make sure that he keeps the two separate. Because the reason why I say that is because, you know, it's funny, we didn't talk about it, but it came across the radar a couple weeks ago that Vince McMahon at the time was talking about applying and trying to make WWE wrestling part in getting involved in this new sports betting world and sports gambling and i thought that and the reason why i didn't bring it up because first of all i'm just thinking it's comical because even and i didn't even think about it and honestly jonas texted me and i said you know i didn't even think about that until you said it but we were both discussing even off air like how are you going to ask to make something a part of the sports betting world to take action on that everybody and their mom knows it's it's fixed i don't even want to use the word it's scripted there you go scripted UFC, to me, this merger, you're you're walking on a thin line. The last thing you want to do is to let people believe what's happening in the octagon is scripted. It's already to the point where you talk about boxing, whether you talk about UFC fighting, it's already uphill battle when you talk about controversy on scorecards. When you talk about, well, damn, what the hell is that judge looking at? So not all money and not all acquisitions are good acquisitions when they happen. 
But what I will say is that I, I would like to think that Dana White has a vision of this and his board members, because if this is really about because you've had Ronda Rousey decided that basically, you know, emotionally she couldn't fight in the UFC anymore because she couldn't she couldn't deal with the fame. She tried to do a movie and then she says, well, you know what, I'm just going to go and pick up these checks to WWE. Be careful the the fact that, yes, you can have certain people held Gronk. Pat McAfee, you've had a bunch of people that have showed up for these WrestleMania events. Okay, I think the last. Let me tell you. Let me tell you when I gave up on WWE, and you can do the math and age wise. I think the last WrestleMania that I ever paid attention to, or even knew who was participating in, and I think some of the participants you have to go back to, obviously Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, the Great Kabuki. And if you do the math, I don't know. I was maybe about 11, 10 at the time. Okay. At the same time that basically I was looking around like we're leaving out cookies for Santa Claus tonight, mom. I mean, look. What the hell? Remember, you heard it here first. I hope I'm going to give Dana because look, I'm not a big Dana White fan and he didn't gain respect to me until he got corporate endorsers to sit there and put them, put their brand, put their money and get a deal done with a major broadcasting company of Fox. When you have a sport that violent, when he did that years ago, I'm like, you know what, man, tip my hat. Fishermen can always recognize another fisherman for far. But other than that, I haven't been a big fan of Dana White. But with that said, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he has a vision. Because if this is about we're going to acquire this and we're going to own 51% for it because we're going to start cross-promoting fights at WWE and then you might see this guy, you are going to soil and ruin the UFC quicker than anything. And forget about the gambling aspect of it. Like I said, I didn't go into depth what Vince McMahon was thinking about. How in the hell can you accept action on something that everybody knows is scripted? It's a novella. It's bold and the beautiful. It's General Hospital. It's cheaters. Everything that is kind of scripted that you see on TV. If nobody said they're not athletes. I mean, nobody's going to tell Dwayne Johnson he's not an athlete. And his whole career got burped pretty much from the WWE. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Dwayne Johnson should be in Vince McMahon's will. He, he should be, they should, when he dies, they should be getting a kickback for this. That's what I feel. So when I saw this merge, I'm like, what is this about? Be careful, UFC, because you, if you get in bed with this, this is something that we know is scripted. And it's a form of grown men's entertainment, which as long as I've done this business, I've tried to respect. But as much as Dante trolls me sometimes on Twitter, people, hey, man, tell Calvin to get a breakdown of WrestleMania. Yeah, ha ha. No, it's not happening. I mean, didn't I see, didn't I come across, I think, a hot, with Snooki from Jersey Shore? Didn't she get in the ring with somebody too? I mean, this is just crazy. Be careful, man. Because Dana White and UFC has done a hell of a job bringing up a brand, bringing up this. I hope they keep these two separate. And when I say separate, I mean separate. I mean, that, that is, that, that's just the reality of it is. But when I'm flipping the channel yesterday, 
I see, I see the guy that most of y'all just swear up and down as my doppelganger. I see him ask, talking about WrestleMania and having this, oh, this one, and then all of a sudden this news comes out today. Proceed with caution. Because if you mix these two sports, the credibility that UFC has built up, it will be burnt down to the ground. It will vanish. Poof. What do you got, Mr. Clark, before we go to uh, Mr. KC Rob? A, a couple notes here. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, the UFC is going through a little bit, bit of that. Is it fixed? Is it not? Uh, there was an insider uh, trading in terms of the sports betting um, over the last year with uh, a, a Kraus. One of the top trainers, he's lost. He's he's out of the UFC now. Dealt with that. December was a rough month when you had some controversial finishes and controversial decisions, rather, um, from the from the judges. Uh, so you have that. When you look at the business structure as to how separate this is, according again, Associated Press here, um, the new business, which is yet to be named, will be led by Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel. Vince McMahon will be the executive is, is the executive chairman of WWE and will serve in the same role with the new company. Dana White will continue to be president of the UFC and Nick Khan will be president at WWE. So just a couple things there. Translation. I mean, I didn't know all that. I mean, that's true if they deal with it. But translation and this this merger, these talks has been going on and they haven't happened overnight. Just like, hey man, we're gonna do it because they're gonna watch anyway. They're going to come and spend the money anyway, no matter what, as long as it's action or this and that, that's the way I take it. But let's go to the folds. Let's go to Kansas City Rob. Kansas City Rob, you're on the sports grind here. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up? How you doing, Cal? All right, man. Hanging in there, man. And you? I'm good, man. You know, coming off this WrestleMania weekend, man. It's a big weekend, man. I hear you. Come in, defend your, defend your choice of entertainment to me, <laughs> Kansas City Rob. Go ahead, well, man. Well, I'm not defending it. Um, Vince has been wanting to sell for a while, um, and it was kind of this. Kind of goes back past couple years. There were some talks of he was going to sell to Disney. There were some talks of him selling to Saudi Arabia because they have like this contract where they hold like an event out in Saudi Arabia, like once a year, twice a year. Um, what what this Endeavor Group is? It's a sports uh, entertainment group. They're the ones that bought the UFC that Dana sold the UFC for. It's basically it's just a sports entertainment merger group. Vince is the company's been you know in his family for seventy years. His dad had it, and grandfather had it, uh, and he bought it from his dad in eighty two, and he turned around for a million dollars. He turned around and flipped it to nine point three billion today. Oh, yeah, that's a that's so, that's, that's a good flip. Yeah, that's a heck of a yeah. Play. That's a that's a nice nice chunk of change. Um, he's still going to be um, as the executive chairman, but he's kind of doing more with like uh, the, the media purposes. Also, trying to get more sponsorships, trying to um, kind of venture out in different things, and he's also going to kind of work with his son-in-law as far as in creative. Also, um, not you know not more uh, any more details that really come out. What else is going to happen? But because UFC has that merger with uh, ESPN that holds their pay-per-views, Peacock has the, stream, the exclusive streaming rights to the WWE Network, and I'm kind of curious because all the pay-per-views, you know, if you have if you have a subscription for nine dollars a month, you're watching the pay-per-views, and people are starting to wonder is that going to get turned in where you know the streaming rights are going to turn into pay-per-view money and well, it's going to you- get streamed on our. 
ESPN. Well, you know, those, thanks for the phone call, Rob. That, those those are those are good points. I mean, look, the streaming way is just, you know, Jonas educated this to me a couple years ago. I mean, it's just the way of a lot of things are going. You know, I've talked heavily about the Amazon and how I feel with their NFL. And, you know, somebody that doesn't like change too much and myself was kind of challenging just to set up the convenience. So that's one point. Now, again, I'm going to get benefit of the doubt. I think if they just acquire this to sit there and say, hey, this is something that's already in motion. Vince has been trying to sell, like Kansas City Rob says, and this way you can make this kind of money in a flip, then go ahead. And if UFC wants to go ahead and acquire that because they're doing good, that's fine. And I think it can be successful if you keep the two separate. Okay? It's one thing having a controversial, I mean, tennis. Let me, let me give you the perfect example. Tennis on the WTA and the ATP Tour. You've had way back before sports gambling even went into explosion like it is across the country. You've had the eye in the sky at Vegas that has called in and said, hey, man, we've got, max fix, we've got match fixing going on here. We've got, we've got this go. Does everybody think that tennis, everybody that plays from the Dahl Federal is, is fixed? From Serena, no. So it's one thing having a, 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 a ref, a coach, or or a match that people think, hey, wait a minute, man. Was there some insight on this? Did somebody take a dive? Was there a phantom tap out? Well, did he grapple wrong way? I don't know. I'm just saying stuff that the way, you know, in the there's that's one thing. But getting in bed with a form of entertainment that is considered scripted in sports, that is a slippery slope. Be careful. Okay. And again, man, I give y'all a hard time about the wrestling, but it's not me, but it's on you. I mean, there's a lot of other worst things that y'all could be entertaining or partaking in um, than watching WrestleMania. I mean, that's I'll, I'll be fair, you know, but it's just one of those things that I just feel like the passion of it. You could swear that people just feel like, damn, man, how did he win the title and the belt? He wasn't supposed to win. He got robbed. No, man, he got robbed in the in the meeting room in the in the script when the script was wrote and it was passed around and said this is what we're gonna do. That's when the robbery took place. It wasn't like, man, he called that foul at the last minute. But hey, man, the fact that y'all have the passion for it, I guess I'd have to respect that. But just don't mix those two, unless that. that it, it, I'm just telling you, they need to keep that separate. That's definitely when I was like, what merger? What the hell's going on here? Listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. 
Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.